0: Radio to
1: Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole Edition 192 with Alex Vitilio, Web of Love, wrapping up 2020 What a Year. Webs from the Heart Connecting with Everything. What is the best way to dream in the dream? Join the team as we have Alex back on, an international traveler, healer and mystic who facilitates others in their journey towards wholeness. Well met once again.
0: Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be with you again. Thank you for having me back.
2: Yeah, dude, you're cool. And you're definitely team rabbit hole. So I figured we'd get you back on here. Um, uh, that was an interesting intro track. It felt like Mulan on psychedelics or something. Very cool track, though, and Raphael, for what it was. Uh, so what we typically do here, as you know, is reduce the number, which is 192, uh, to a numerological reduction, which is 3. In this case, uh, for the Major Arcana, that would be the Empress card. Not surprising. I fully embrace light, life's rich fecundity. The Emperor's card is saying, everything is possible. Allow abundance into your life. Tap into the creative flow of the universe. Start something nurturing. Raphael, what card do you have?
1: We have Angel number six. This is a seraphim by the name of Leelahel. It is the Angel of Light and Understanding. The laudable god, uh, the archangel is Metatron, associations, Aries, Venus, Fire, Jade, Four of Ones, Keter, the musical note C. And the affirmation is, I am learning to appreciate the things that really matter. This angel is invoked against people under negative influence and to obtain enlightenment in performing acts of healing. He masters the arts, fortune, science, and love.
2: Well, I don't know about y'all, that's ironically pretty resonant with a Venus-ruled Empress card. Um, So, uh, Alex, what, if anything, resonated for you between the Empress and that Angel card?
0: Well, as always, I say there's no coincidence, right? (laughs) I live by synchronicities and pretty much everything. Venus it's my ruler. I've got a book on my table as we speak that's got a word, light. I've got an angel crystal in front of me. So everything resonates. I'm a healer, right? So mix the two together. We talked about the web of love in the title of this episode. I think every single aspect has pretty much been touched. I love Jade as well as an as a a crystal i've got a dragon jade just here on my right so yeah couldn't be more precise
2: it's funny because the emperor's card is not only about like you know love and nurturing um but also like prosperity and like you know wealth venus rules love and money (laughs) so it's kind of ironic there that they are ironic synchronistic maybe is a better word so alex kind of fill us in we were on a few months ago what has your world been like since that time
0: well, it's to keep along your lines. Last time we were talking about abundance and prosperity. And I think the word that Raphael just mentioned, associated with the angel, is also fortune. And of course, you've got goddess. For me, when I hear fortune, is goddess Fortuna, you know, the goddess of abundance and the, the wheel, spinning the wheel. And when the universe builds the wheel, I always, well me and I guess everybody else, wishing the will to stop on a good spot, right? (laughs) A spot to stop on something that is prosperous and abundant. So I think this ties in together again with what we were talking about last time I've been on and the evolution in a sense that I've realized and I don't know if you remember, maybe not, but part of my work is to open entrepreneurs to receive abundance and prosperity and while remember being so, you talked
2: to me privately at one point you said let me hit you up and I hit you up and we had a little talk about what was blocking my abundance uh, beliefs and stuff so I definitely remember
0: yes cool cool so what came out of there as well working with more and more people is that as they open up to abundance the love also opened up and for some it was Oh, love of the universe, really reconnecting with some, sometimes with star beings, sometimes with, you know, what, what am I really here to do? What can I shine my light? And also on the 3D level, just either to finding love in terms of romantic or enhancing the current relationship. So again, it's no coincidence that Venus rule love and money. I think these two go very well together
2: Exactly, so you're holding down the fort in London right still hanging out there Um, What's been going on in your neck of the woods? I think there's a lot of uh, It seems like a lot of hurry up and wait since we've talked I don't think many people have done much traveling um, Or left the house much so I don't know if you have much to report Um, but it sounds like you're doing quite a bit of uh, You know advocacy and uh, help on the internet so kind of fill me in what's your life been like since we talked last.
0: Since we talked last it's definitely got colder (laughs) here in London, and we've been through a second lockdown. I have to say, I feel, again, really blessed because I live by this huge uh, park that is very natural. It's more like a forest and who's got a very strong ley line so it's a place that attracts a lot of shamans a lot of rituals and so even though there may be a lot of fear outside in the world and when I do connect on the internet you know I feel those fears I see the anxiety when I go step out of my house I don't feel that there is this huge gift from mother nature you know there's still make people calm and very relaxed and still smiling, which is, I I think, a real blessing for, you know, compared to what is happening in other parts of the world. Uh, I'm Italian, I haven't been able to return to Italy, and this is going to be a Christmas in a very long time that I don't spend with my parents in Italy. Um, And there, the, the measures have been quite extreme. So I could say I'm really blessed.
2: That's what's up. I'm glad you're making it through with a park nearby. I'm in the middle of Colorado, so even though there's a lot of you know, stuff on the news and, I guess, protocols people are I mean, doing, I have a lot of open space myself, uh, nature and stuff that I can go walk around in um, and not feel like I'm – it feels like I'm in my own world anyway, so this almost – in a, in a selfish, word-jaded way, this doesn't feel like it's affecting me except when I go shopping for food, it's like wear a mask kind of thing. Um, but aside from that, it doesn't really affect my day to day life here, so that's kind of cool. Um, so we have titled this episode "Web of Love," and you were saying in the green room how uh, I mean, maybe you want to re- re- recapitulate what we were saying, but um, it sounded almost like a uh, Empress card meets Indra's Net from the Heart Chakra kind of concept. Uh, what is the Web of Love, and let's start kind of talking about that.
0: Thank you. I want to give a little bit of a background story because oh, for sure. I think again, synchronicities. <laughs> so I I do this healing, this journey, this shamanic journey for the web of life. So the web of life for shamans is the universe, the energy of all there is. And once a month, I journey with my power animals, my spirit guide specifically to send healing to the world. And I record my journeys on the, on the phone, And this time I wanted to send the recording of my journey to my mentor, my shaman, and I was typing the web of life, healing journey. And my phone, it happens many, many times to me. I say, I'm an oracle. This is another conversation we can have. (laughs) I've been an oracle many times. And as I typed, the words seem changing. Did it ever happen to you, Jim?
2: Yeah, I've had a lot of kind of glitches. Um, I've typed in a word and it came up with the word euthanasia once and I was like, what the fuck? I did not mean euthanasia. So, uh, but uh, yes, what you're saying is kind of like digital glitches that kind of um, benefit the magic of the moment, it sounds like.
0: Yes, yeah, so for me, sometimes I type and the whole sentence changed, like boom, like you see in, in those movies, you know, the the glitching, the animation, and something else comes. So I was just typing healing for the web of life. I saw on my phone healing for the web of love. And I thought, okay, what is this? This is not a coincidence. <laughs> so I journeyed again and I asked to my spirit guides, hey, am I onto something? What is this web of love? Was it just a glitch or can you show me? And you can guess it wasn't just a glitch. So I I was shown this old image of a web, but instead of the web of life this time, it was the web starting from people's heart. And it was so beautiful because you can imagine, you know, I wish I knew how to draw really well because what I saw in my mind through this journey is so difficult to put on, on words and, and even on paper, because I don't know how to draw so well. But it was such a beautiful and deep representation of our reality, I think, our, our reality showing up. And of course, these strands were not just physical, you know, there could have been strands to nature, strengths to uh, past lovers you totally forgot. Strengths to are you feeling towards your your physical body, your sexuality, for instance, your friends, your children, your and and that was connected to I saw so the web of life, the universe having a heart, which I call the cosmic heart, and the cosmic heart is sending energy to the human heart and from the human heart through what you create consciously and subconsciously but it starts from you then you have all these interactions in your physical reality and i thought it was a very beautiful representation of what we create as human being and specifically when there is something again in your life that you're not too sure or is not going accordingly to, you want things to go. Well, what are you creating? Are you actually creating some, something from the heart? Is it a, a healthy connection or less so? And if less so, you know, then you do like with a tree, you can prune it, you can uh, water it, you can fertilize it. Then it's your job to tend to that web. Does it make sense?
2: Yeah, very much so. And it still resonates very much with the card of the episode of The Empress because that's talking about, like, you know, heart nurturance, basically. Um, and I've heard somewhere, I'm not, like, a scientist, and I don't know where I heard this, but I'm pretty sure it's kind of New Age standard protocol stuff, uh, that the electromagnetic and like um, effect, I guess, or the um, power of the magnet, electromagnetic of the heart area, is much bigger than the brain. We tend to put the, a lot of locus and... uh emphasis on mentality like the mind to the you know corpus you know the, the brain <laughs> like as a as the functional part of reality and how it is manifested and it's not that it doesn't have a part but it's much less um i mean uh heart it's it's what it, it's i tend to say that like everything i mean this is kind of a christian way of looking at it but it's like everything's by through foreign to love like it seems like everything was created out of the idea of wanting more and love like it wasn't maybe even necessary potentially which is a weird way to think about ourselves it's like we're kind of a byproduct of imagination wanting to experiment or something um but it seems that like love is the is the through line um and you know I, I think that becomes very evident on psychedelics sometimes depending on what drugs you do uh, definitely in meditation I've been doing a lot of um, contemplation lately and just uh, realizing that I have, I'm have, i able to respond through my heart and that's what makes us human uh, very much like when we kind of wall up and guard it it's like that's what our mind wants us to do and our ego is saying oh, that'll save you to so do it so sometimes it makes sense in that logical quote mind sense but ultimately we're here to even in pain and stuff open up further and further through it. Um which is kind of a feminine nurturing kind of principle very empress card. Raphael, you have any thoughts?
1: Catch me off guard. <laughs> well there's a lot of oh, this, this. uh I mean this is so simple. I think that the best and easiest explanation again is by the Heart Math Institute. They do like tests with it and so on and you can see you know electromagnetic uh power of the brain compared to the heart. And it's a joke, you know, like the heart is much more powerful. And also Bashar ceaselessly goes on about how the heart connects you to everything. And that apparently, I guess there will be some scientific version of this at some point. The heart even sends out signals at the speed of light with every heartbeat. But of course, that even here, speed of light would be the slower lane of communication. There's, of course, the whole, you know, quantum thing. Then, yeah, so yeah the heart is uh, of so much importance it cannot be overstated right and it, oh, go ahead alex
0: yeah i wanted to say coming back it is a scientific it is this scientifically proved i think the heart is 40 time 40000 times more powerful than the brain and and together like Raphael said you know the heart mass institute have done a lot of studies but when you combine the two this is when you can really create magic in the world so it's not either or it's really together it's it's a really stunning force and if you want to push it a little further you know our solar plexus our stomach also said it's told to have a brain so i think that as a human body we couldn't be more perfect in a sense and allowing the heart to be one of the leaders i would say generally can serve us well
2: it's funny because i think the heart is like the seat of emotion like it's the symbol of the seat of emotion in the western culture so it's like i love you with all my heart um there's been cultures where you know that was different like you know like the liver was very important to egyptians i'm not saying the heart wasn't but uh the brain different parts of the body like the you know pineal gland third eye kind of stuff like that Um, And it's interesting to think that the heart has been made um, such an important part of culture for the West. Um, And it's just a, it's a funny, I have Alex gray um, Oracle cards that I use on new and full moons. And one of them, it's going through like uh, it's using the chapel of sacred mirrors art. So it's got a whole lot of different types of art, but one of them is like, uh, Oh, I'm forgetting what it's called now, the cardiovascular system. And that's obviously being pumped through the heart. And it's, There's there's a lot of physics to it that's weird. um, The fact that it's you know it's as important. The pump is just as much as important as like the. I mean I'm not sure about the right word, but there's like expulsive kind of like I'll push blood out and then it sucks back in blood. Um, It's like a valve, right? So there's a lot of interesting physics going on there. And I know a guest we've had on um, who's done Welcome to the Golden Page. He's shown how the um, Milky Way. Oh, not the Milky Way, the um, Lanikai, I think it's a super galaxy kind of image, the biggest image of the, like, some not the universe, but, like, our galaxy or whatever. I'm not an astronomer. I'm not good at rec- recanting this off the top of my head. But anyway, Lanikai is this, like, massive collection of many galaxies, including the Milky Way, and it looks exactly like a heart. Um, so it's, it's like, as above, so below. It seems like we're in a very special place in the dream um, the heart seems to be a big deal, even in Captain Planet, which is a cartoon from the 80s I don't, or early 90s. I don't know if you ever saw that American show, um, but they would have all the elements, right? Where it's like earth, wind, water, fire. And then this kid from South America, ironically, where ayahuasca is from and stuff like that, uh, says heart. So it's like even considered an element in that TV show. Wow, that's <laughs>
1: element, so beautiful
2: oh yeah the fifth element that's a good movie right yeah exactly well duh i mean i'm sitting here saying it without realizing it connecting the dots thank you Raphael. mr pop culture <laughs> i've only that's seen that movie out. once i'll be honest i don't know how i haven't seen it a bunch i mean it's not a bad movie lilu and all that but i think i just i've been too distracted well, well, <laughs> so
1: then let me just say a good recommendation so fifth element i mean anyone listening who really doesn't know really has to check it out and also the same and here maybe opinions differ the same director made another movie called Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And even just for the initial depictions of the varying uh, so-called extraterrestrial races, is like awesome to watch. And some think it's a bit shallow in comparison, but it's nice enough. And even Rihanna, I think, <laughs> is featured.
2: The visuals are amazing, but the acting is not as awesome as it could be. But it's actually a pretty good movie. Uh, Haley, my fiance, and I reference ourselves as that team. I'm like, let's be Valerian um because even though we're not always on the same page like we're still a team or whatever so it's like good to remind us it's 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 a decent movie it's got a lot of alien stuff in it um which is more i mean you're more used to that kind of stuff than i am but i think it does a good job of explaining kind of like I, i really like the intro to it where it shows with david bowie song playing um uh All the space station upgrades over the years. So first, it's like right, you know right. humans. It's like oh, Americans are in space. And now there's a space station. The Russians and the Americans. They're like and they're showing heart in space. Like ironically, friendship, camaraderie, openness. Right? Like like holy shit, we did this stuff. And it progresses over a while. It's like you know twenty thirty. Japan's up there. Twenty eighty eight. India's up there in Africa. And then eventually, it's like oh, al- you know aliens start making contact. And the space station grows so much. That's kind of the plot entrance where it's like we have to leave Earth's orbit because we're going to crash into Earth, so we're going to go into deep space and do this kind of state like you know um Noah's arc essentially of uh intergalactic uh camaraderie which is I mean ultimately it's a mental thing to like communicate with people but it's also a heart thing to want to be able to extend the olive branch and say I'm not going to attack you. Like I'm here to like you know share in the moment with you however that looks whether it's You know alien or human and fifth element I think is probably better acting Bruce Willis ironically a little side note my family has a family friend who Bruce Willis almost married this lady back in the day and then he didn't and then he went to Hollywood and got big and married to me more and all these people so it's like oh my god that would have been so psychedelic if he had not fitted this Um, anyway I'm rambling so Alex where do you want to take this conversation about heart
0: Well, I'm curious if from your own experience, is it something that you would resonate?
2: I think, okay, so I'm a double Gemini, an 11th house, Sun and Moon Gemini, so Aquarius flavored Gemini energy, very mental, right? Um, My Jupiter is in 7th house, which is Libra uh, Aquarius, so I have a lot of Uranian and Mercurial energy, very mental is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, Though I have some other elements that helpfully uh, uh, help tether that into like emotionality and embodiment stuff, Taurus stuff, Cancer stuff. Um, I, th- I even though I'm saying it. I think I think uh, there's a big difference between being in the head, which it was where I tend to dwell, and then there's moments of stillness. Um, that's why I like tripping on acid so much and stuff. It shatters my ego enough where I I can't use my head. And it forces me into the heart more. And I start feeling like deep empathy and deep connectedness at a level. uh, It also happens not on drugs um, too, I should say. It's not like drugs are mandatory. Um, Just psychedelics seem to be a very quick uh, shortcut or whatever to like bypass the mind in a certain way. Um, It seems that for me, uh, I've... It's not like it's part of my nature to be mental, but it's also a defense mechanism. So I think I have a very big heart, but I've kind of walled up the heart with the mind to the point where I'm like, I'm friendly with everybody. But it's like I don't know how many people know my real heart, like very few people probably, Um, even though I'm honest and open and and communicative and stuff like that. So when – like there's times when I'm doing car jams or watching movies or even commercials. I saw something the other day that was a commercial and it made me very like well up with tears. Which is kind of on the one hand pathetic, but on the other hand very beautiful. So, I think we're kind of entering a phase of heart. Um, well, it, I don't know if even heart's the right word. It seems like okay. So, according to Richard Rudd, who was just on the podcast last month or something, uh, the Gene Keys author, which is kind of based on Human Design a little, but we're kind of evolving from an Ajna perspective, like a third eye mental place of knowing with the mind into a, a solar plexus knowledge, like you're saying. Um, so that's, and that's going to be more, I mean, official is maybe not the right word, but like, but like 2027 is this date that they keep saying, um, where that, that shift is very evident. Um, and I think that's kind of going from a place of cold mentality or not cold, but like more mental, like kind of logic reason and stuff into a place of knowing and to get from the Ajna from the third eye to the solar plexus, you have to cross the heart. So I think we're actually in a place right now and over the next few years where people, if they've been doing shadow work, if they've been kind of massaging their heart to stay soft and open and receptive um, energetically, there's going to be a lot of benefit to that. And then people who have been kind of hiding their hearts or um, like, you know, the Bible talks about hardening your heart. Uh, people who have been doing that might be kind of doubling down on that in a weird way. Uh, it's a very Dolores Cannon kind of moment, it seems, where there's two timelines and one's very, you know, love and light and heart and let's go magic. And then the other one's like fear you know, control technology <laughs> Orwellian weirdness. So, um, I don't know if that answered your question.
0: I think my question is also, can you, if I told you that everything in your reality you could map through your heart, how would that feel?
2: That reminds me a little of the movie Inside Out, which I know is about the brain or whatever but personality. I don't know if you've seen Pixar's Inside Out, but there's this like, Interior mapping of like all the thing, all these worlds. So it's like Friendship Land and um, yes, Hockey World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how that kind Fabolism. of maps out? Those are like that's heart based stuff. I mean, yes, yeah, she's a, she's apprehending it with the mind and making memories, quote unquote, with the all you know, all the colored balls or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like these are places that resonated in her inner child, her heart. Um, and I think that there's something to be like in the Bible it talks about like uh, the kingdom of God belongs to children like little kids. I think that has a lot to do with just like open heartedness um and willingness playfulness I think yeah, so I do think everything can ultimately, i mean in a weird way, everything is originally mapped from that place, and then we try to make sense of it, and then you know we try to um you know control it I guess more mentally from that place uh, what do you guys think Russell,
0: what do you? think
1: well i think i don't think um what do you heart exactly so uh, my impression is that it's a lot about you know shifting gears and uh, as you may well know as a double gemini but i equally know i have enough air aspects to know about this you can dissect and analyze everything and we've been discussing this on shows and i'm sure many are aware you know the general impetus has been you know to go overly into analyzing and dissecting and brain and uh, logic and linearity and so on and it's obviously not working and also by now i think it's pretty obvious that the brain is super amazing and highly effective however it should simply take its orders from the heart it's as simple as that and then everything can be in perfect order um, that would be my main idea in regards to uh, those contemplations
2: what does Bashar say about the heart? I've never even thought about that. Well, I mean, is there a specific thing he says? I don't know. I mean, usually it's like, it's your beliefs, but that's more of a mental thing to me. So is this like belief
1: from the heart? Well, it's uh, still about beliefs in terms of the construction of your reality. The point is more like, where is the, um, let's say, focus of energy? Or, um, it's just, let's just say it's a different layer when we talk about it in these terms. So what he recommends is a book called The Heart's Code, which I haven't read, but apparently is all about these things we've just been talking about. And he doesn't recommend many books, maybe like over the 30 plus years, he recommended one or two dozen books, if that many. So again, it's called The Heart's Code. Um, and there it's pretty much, I think, all about these ideas of telepathy. And even here, you know, he, He's always asked about telepathy and then he always explains it's telepathy. It's actually about tuning into the same frequency as another. And this primarily works not through the brain or anything, but again, uh, through the heart. And, uh, even all the, from my channelings and everything that's ever coming across, it's always the heart. The dolphins, no matter who, the Pleiadians, they don't want to connect with you through your brain or something, even though that may be a tool that's used in the process everything is in that sense contained within the heart and there is even which you know the galactic channeling or he also mentions this specifically um all of you are contained within the one beating heart of creation so that's certainly a recurring theme and uh to your question alex uh in terms of how if everything how would it be if everything can be mapped through the heart i see as everything being de facto mapped within the one beating heart of creation so makes very much sense to me and it's certainly one of the holographic how should i say um focal points of uh, creation simply um if that is specific enough for you jim i'm not sure
2: yeah we're just shooting the shit uh i'm just curious because it seems like Bashar's stuff tends to be more like mental constructs or something, but I guess well, he's, not he's really. spoken not upon right? it more. Let yeah, me just okay.
1: talk about this briefly because it's relevant and it may, maybe also be interesting to you, Alex, or to the listeners. So he's sure. very much this uh, rational aspect, not like Abraham, who's more like airy-fairy, even though she also has her straight concept and guidelines. Um, so Bashar seems very you know, masculine, rational, and so on, which he is. I mean, it's a Sasani. However, the Sasani, again, are that... In my view amazing because they are uh including not only the super hyper rationalized aspect which then was the greys, but also they recovered us actually in this present time so once again let me say that uh, the humans now according to this storyline at least we are uh, one part Or 50% of the genetic makeup of the Sasani. And from the grays, they already had all the scientism, all the rationality, all the linear uh, thinking, uh, and, you know, all of that. But from the humans, so from their own ancestors, from us now, they were seeking the emotion and this, you know, mother child bonding, uh, emotional relations between humans, touch, all of that. They had to relearn and reintegrate that. And that this reintegrated view is where Bashar is coming from. So whilst he's giving you all these mental concepts, just because, again, especially in the Western world, many are trained in that, me included, he's always referring back to what? To excitement. And excitement is not a logical idea that you make up in your mind, but it's a bodily feeling. And uh, equally, he's talking a lot about heart and so on, because ultimately, whilst you have all these mental constructs, the prime indication is emotion, excitement of the inner love, child excitement. or something. Yes, exactly, exactly. And it's, in a sense, something that's beyond reason altogether. Right.
2: And it makes me think you were, it's funny that you brought up um, Abraham Hicks, I think is what you said, with the Pleiadian kind of channeling. That always, to me, seemed much more like Inner, not that one's more inner child than the other, but it's like, hey, have fun. Uh, even though he's saying highest excitement, his presentation method seems to be more heady to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the whole thing with about the essesani is that they're um, balanced. They they have their intuition, emotions, and my you know reason or whatever balanced. It's not like one is at the exclusion of the other. Where I think Palladians have to learn balance based off of the Galactic Heritage cards. It's like they were overly enthusiastic. They were bypassing. They just wanted to play. They didn't do the you know <laughs> the shadow work as much. And now they I uh, I mean maybe I'm convoluting a bunch of stories, but it seems like they're like pure heart. And it's like oh shit. Sometimes when you come at it with, this is the tricky part. Um, you know. You can mean very well from a place of empathy, and then sometimes it's not logical to do that. Um, if that makes any sense, I'm not saying people should guard their hearts, but it, it seems like. Um, do you know what I'm trying to say? If, I yes, can't give a good that example. Actually,
1: let me just be brief. So that's actually a great point, and let's get right into that with Alex. But allow me, me just to say, as far as I understand, Abraham Hicks, per se, is not a Pleiadian channel in her own definition, as far as I understand. Although I can understand that if you look at her and like, I believe Wendy Kennedy, who's a Pleiadian channel, they are both like this, or is it, it's like this upbeat uh, ideas, which then to many, again, quickly may seem like spiritual bypassing and all of that. And there's an aspect to that, which we'll discuss momentarily. However, also here, I would not, you know, never judge a book by its cover, because as far as I could get it, also Abraham Hicks, you know, they give like real good guidelines and it may... Seem less logical or in a sense i don't know how to say mental than with bashar but doesn't mean that if you take her advice to heart it's not equally effective it's just a different route i would say towards the same uh, source energy in a sense however the point being what you mentioned with the pleiadians and that's also um, echoed in ras Law of one with the fourth density wanderers is that the idea here being individuals, no matter how you define yourself, exactly, being very empathic, and loving and giving, that sometimes they lack the wisdom to be equally giving and loving towards themselves, and then uh, quite easily may uh, overstretch their energy. And this may result in the burnout, which is actually in a sense from a positive intention. But it's Yeah, it's without wisdom. It's like executed naively. Yeah.
2: Because I think there's a Galactic Heritage card in um uh, the Lisa uh Holt cards uh that says blind enthusiasm. And I mean they're like seeking karmic balance. Like these are a few of the Pleiadian cards that I can recall off the top of my head. Um and it's not to say the there is a wisdom there and it's a certain type of wisdom. It seems like almost like joy from inside out, like we were talking earlier. There's a wisdom in joy, but there's also wisdom in sadness, which is maybe a human experience. And then there's a wisdom in anger, which is maybe an Orion experience or a you know, a Lyran thing. Because every it seems, um and we don't have to ramble on about collect star seed dynamics forever. But like Lyrons seem to have issues about like um enthusiasm with dominance flavoring or whatever. It's like, I want to go explore and control. And then Orion's like, I want to control and dominate. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, everyone's got a little different flavoring. Uh, It seems like Pleiadians were kind of like, you know, drunk on life or something like, in a very good way. They're like, hell yeah, let's do this. But it's like, if you're, sometimes over enthusiasm is a problematic thing. It's like, but then, I mean, maybe that's me misinterpreting it, or maybe that time is shifting where i don't know i'm kind of rambling but well you see my just point.
1: simply put that's why you have the three timelines in the galactic heritage card right, right, so right, you right. can both see in a richard Jean sense let's say you can see the shadow the gift and the city that's a good way to look at that i hadn't put it that way good call um
2: sorry, so anyways actually i want to know Alex.
1: Yeah. yes yes so but so let's get back uh, to alex uh, with one more spoiler just to mention orion and pop culture on watching star trek discovery uh yeah also they can't help themselves to include cringe-worthy scenes anyone knowing about what i'm talking about will know although they have great concepts they should just frame it differently i'll even say it here so very briefly put they have to push this whole you know i multiple personalities and it's not like this is what we aren't discussing here all the time anyways they have to push it down your throat in a sense it's great because it's one individual she seems i mean you know, at risk of getting all kinds of flack for this. But you look at her, you would say she's lesbian in a sense. I mean, just she looks tomboyish, let's say. You don't have to say she's lesbian, but whatever. Turns out she has a boyfriend in that movie and then, or in that series. Um, however, this boyfriend is part of an alien species and has a kind of, I'm thinking of the Stargate Goalwook, that's a bad example now, but like a, a symbiote and her boyfriend dies, the symbiote gets transferred to her. And so she carries memory of him and all the others who carry the symbiote. And it's a positive relationship, right? Though she has trouble figuring it out. And then at some point, uh, she's referred to by the she's an amazing engineer because she has all this knowledge and she's referred to by the main engineer. And he says, oh, she's very fast. And then in the next moment, it's like a scene and you can tell it's kind of awkward. She's like, oh, please don't call me she. And then you're like, yeah. Okay, and they yeah, call, uh, call us they or them. She would prefer that. And that's obviously kind of a thing at this whole, you know, I'm multiple identities hype in current times. Yeah, The only issue I'm taking with this is then she says, oh, I've always felt this way and I don't, you know, I want to be called them or they. Whilst within the lore of the Star Trek story, just the fact that she has a symbiote that should be the real reason why she wants to be called them or they and that's what in my view she should be referring to anyways so that was a whole sidetrack you can comment on that if you want or not the other thing that came up orionites or orions also come up in uh, the new star trek they are green for some reason but they're equally powerbound bound in hungary so you have exactly the let's say galactic heritage stories also in star trek happening right now um, that's interesting but the real point i wanted to get back at with alex is in regards to the whole, uh, let's say, fourth, fifth density or the whole question about love without wisdom and how you are approaching that or anything you want to comment about, you know, the convoluted uh, gratuitous commentary I just gave.
0: <laughs> I haven't watched the series you're mentioning. So unfortunately, I'm still I'm still on the traditional uh, Star Wars movie. That's far.
2: <laughs> I haven't seen it either. Don't feel bad
0: okay okay um and i like i like the the played and drunk on life in a sense you know it's um that's pretty much my attitude if i can be happy and jolly and don't even even have a reason why i'm still happy about it
2: so we're bringing up an interesting point though um it feels like And I I don't know, there's no right or wrong answer, so I'm kind of just exploring this spontaneously, where it's like, all right, it it seems that we started from love in a certain kind of dimensionality, and then there was a split from this unified source love or whatever, and that all these fragments have had to learn different aspects of wisdom through experience, and um, we're remembering – the joy of what it is to be in very specific ways. And I think learning to acknowledge and appreciate it differently. Um, but you know, things like world war two and atom bombs and uh, just the history of humanity, Rome, (laughs) you're Italian, uh, Rome running around, conquering people like, you know, it's like submit or die. And everyone's like, fine, we'll take aqueducts or I'd rather do that than die. Um, it's been a really rough ride, but it seems like necessary. So I guess I'm kind of curious about what your thoughts are in terms of like, um, uh, the heart, um, kind of the innocence to experience, and back to like a reforged innocence, because experience tends to seem like it's like hardening up, wisening up. But like wisdom doesn't have to be hard. Um, I think there's a real wisdom in you know keeping it soft, but then it's like not being naive, not just being like, well, you know I'm gonna bungee jump without um I'm gonna jump without a bungee jump or whatever. And at some point like oh shit like maybe we should have a bungee jump. It's a little wiser. Like it it, it prevents a few heartaches. Uh, I've had to learn a lot of issues about boundaries and relationships myself. I have a lot of, I mean, just a lot of love to give, right? Or whatever. And I've had to learn the hard way where it's just like, that's not appropriate, potentially. And there's a lot of fallout from that. In all crazy of- as crazy
1: as this seems, right?
2: Well, it's weird because at the end of the day, I think that's even an illusion, right? Where it's like, but, but I was doing it from an ignorant place and not a, it's a lesson. So I'm not even complaining. But the point is like, I've hurt myself or others. Um, by being naive and just being like, well, whatever it's love like it's just a fling or whatever and it's like Anyway, we're kind of talking about the heart and I'm saying I'm kind of convoluting that with love and love is very broad because there's like agape, guy yeah, so, so anyway, um, I guess what are your opinions on like the maturity of the heart the journey of the heart? I, I mean, maybe we're always in one place and we deviate from it or maybe there's actually kind of a hero's journey of the heart in a sense
0: Well, I think this is something that it's good to bounce back with you as well because that's what i'm thinking right if you can map your existence in let's say in the 3d from the heart then you could and, and let's say we're looking at the this web of love right so where is this web and you're mentioning oh maybe this person hurt me was there a web of love maybe from you to that person there was a strand that was the strand healthy or was the strands the way that was shown to me through colors and glitter and shining, right? So if you could see, let's keep it simple, between two romantic partners, right? So let's say a string going from you to this person. And if you could see the color of that strand, and maybe you thought it was really pink and, and you were totally infatuated and, and maybe in love with this person but the other person wasn't reciprocating from her heart to your heart, then which color would that strand be? And if it wasn't, you know, the sparkly, I don't know, pink or the color that resonates for you, was there an indication that maybe it wasn't a healthy connection? Maybe that, remember at the beginning I said, like a tree, maybe you need to fertilize it or maybe you need to cut it because that branch is dead. Would that change your reality if you could see things that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, with the example that I'm alluding to, it seemed that I was, I think they cared about me. I mean, this is a, a not even a, a, an official girlfriend or anything, but they cared about me and I was like, sure, I'll go through with this because I care. And there's a big difference between caring and like loving. And I've learned the lesson where it's like, don't do things that you do with people that you're in love with, with people that you just care about, <laughs> because that makes sense. A lot of mixed signals and expectations and hurts more than it helps as much fun as it might be so um so I, in, in that instance i was more like the not reciprocating one. i was the back colored web if you were to put it that way and i was like sure i'll go along with this um but it's weird because i think uh, this kind of gets into like not i don't want to talk about like twin flames and soulmates and friends and like enemies and all this stuff there's different types of relationships of the heart um, like when we like have an enemy, I I mean, I think there's no such thing as really an enemy. I mean, we're supposed to love our enemy, right? In a sense. So it's like, why aren't we able to accept them in our heart? Because our minds are getting involved and it's it's, it's taking like maybe what would be a yellow strand of webbing and making it brown. And it's like distorting it and, and turning it in a certain polarity and like shading it a certain way. Um, and then I think there's also relationships that are like maybe like orange and they don't need to go pink or you know bright pink or whatever, like you know erotic love or romance or whatever. And then sometimes because we live in a culture that says kind of do whatever you feel like doing, which is – it's helpful. I mean I guess it's, it seems like we've come two or three steps forward in terms of like liberal openness and like freedom and even like I was kind of alluding to as like label me this way and not that way. Like if we compared the politics of now compared to like a few hundred years ago, like – it's come a long way, but it feels like we've gone two or three steps forward, and now we might have to take one step back to, to calibrate. Um, I don't know if what I'm saying is even making sense. I have like 40 thoughts at once, so hopefully I'm making any sense.
0: Yeah, I think I get you. And this is where wisdom maybe can help us out. Because if you can map out this, this web, then you can also see, I guess, if a strand is coming. I'm going to take another example. Let's say you own a business and you're not so maybe doing as well in your business, not so motivated. And then by magic, you know, you you map the web of love and you see that, oh, hold on, there's no strand going from your heart to your business. It's going from your mind. Maybe because you thought, mm, I'm going to make a lot of money by selling this type of heart. There, there that's my business, but that doesn't come from the heart right so it came from the mind and maybe at some point you're not going to be happy again this notion of being happy or drunk on life or whatever we want to call it because actually it doesn't come from the heart or maybe you've got an attraction for somebody without being rude instead of coming from your heart it comes from your lower chakras and then you you can apply the wisdom then to say yeah okay it's okay for me to have this kind of relationship or actually i'd rather either cut the relationship or for instance in the case of the business say where is my heart really want me to go and then maybe start drawing a different type of art that makes you happy are you with me
2: totally i mean this is like what Rafael was talking about enthusiasm joy excitement um and there's varying degrees of that so things that are hobbies can bring a lot of joy but then uh, you might one might want to take a hobby and be like, "Well, this is something I find fun i 'm going to make it a business like for example i 'm a musician, but uh, back when I was doing college in like two thousand and eight, um, I started doing music theory, and that felt like doing grammar for a poet or something it 's like i don 't really care about the mechanic i mean it 's interesting, but it 's like i don 't want to sit here and learn how to read music. I want to just play like you know have fun." not work at this and there's a lesson in there too because it's like i wish now i could be able to read and stuff because i could do different opportunities but i guess my point was um sometimes we can take things that excite us and then try to put too much structure or mm, weight or whatever on them and then that crushes the joy of it so for me um also i was going through a lot of like weird shit like alcoholism and stuff at the time so maybe that played into it but uh, for that example, with the music getting kind of bound by the grammar of music theory, as opposed to just playing and performing all the time, um, that took something that I love and kind of diminished it. Um, so we have to be, I think, wise, careful. I don't want to like say you know careful in a bad way, but it's like people need to be discerning. I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, with like, don't try to overhype things that don't need. You know, if it's a little ember, don't try to make a forest fire out of it whether it's romantic or, what you know, hobbies, because sometimes they're just little things that, you know, they're not meant to like sustain the fire, right? Like, Oh, this is a hobby. I like, I like walking the dog around the lake every day. I'm probably not going to go be a professional dog walker. It's not that much of a joy for me, but that doesn't mean not do it just because I'm not going to get paid for it. Uh, simultaneously things, you know, that bring us a lot of joy. Don't stop doing them because uh, the, you know, it doesn't always pan out the way we would expect right away. Um, I think some of the most important artists uh, Van Gogh, for example, he was very passionate about art and he was not successful by worldly standards. He died unknown, essentially. Um, and look at him today. Everyone's like, oh my god, Van Gogh. So it's like sometimes we have to continue with our joys and our um, heart. I mean one could say Van Gogh, Vincent Van Gogh was um, Van Gogh according you know to his like native tongue. But Van Gogh is a good example of somebody who had a lot of heart in art. But it wasn't like being rewarded in a monetary or accolade sense. He was a nobody kind of, you know, mental health issues and absinthe addiction and all sorts of crazy shit. Um, it, I, I, I don't know if I'm making any sense. Uh, so yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of ins and outs, as the big Lebowski would say. But it's odd because I think what's happening is I'm trying to intellectualize things that are very obvious at a, at a frequency level. So it's like, what brings you frequency of joy? You'll know it when you feel it. Like in The Matrix, the oracle says, when you're in love, you know it. Like when you have joy, you know it. Like from balls to bones, you'll know it. There's no debating it. And I think sometimes what we've done in culture has been like, well, I'm interested in a lot of things. What can I capitalize on? And that can be problematic because sometimes there's, you know, Van Gogh, for example, he loved art. And we're all glad he did it, but he didn't make any money. And then sometimes people are okay at something. And they're like, this is who I am. And it's maybe not even – maybe it's just a hobby, a little ember. And it's not the main flame of what their joy really is they their kind of – distracting themselves with side quests or something like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of discernment. Like you said, it's always very important, at least in this reality. And to, it's just a tool, right? It's just to say, okay, I accept that the heart is so powerful. And obviously, at least for me, the objective is, what can I be doing as a human to have a better experience, right? This is for me, this is my ultimate quest. So is it using your mind or is it using your heart? Is it a combination of the two? And what else can you see that maybe you're not doing that can help you? And for me, this could be a very practical tool to say, okay, which are my strengths? Which colors, for instance? And then it's your, you're gonna feel it in your body. You're gonna, then you can bring your mind as well and say, okay, you know, this is what I wanna keep. This is what I don't wanna keep. But ultimately, it's like your GPS is reset at the level of the heart because it's so much more powerful and I think gives you back so much more than just being in your head.
2: Right. And just like the Empress card, I think there's the, the universe rewards heart more somehow. It wants you to be wise, but it, re, it rewards in joy and, and like love and life in a very particular you know kind of way more than just getting things quote right um like it's even you know it's better to have loved them not uh, i forget the shakespeare quote it's like better to have lost love than not have tried or something like that. It's like one person says it's really safe to, to take this risk and another person's like well i screwed up and we didn't you know have babies and all that stuff but it's like at least i tried uh and the analogy that kind of gave why i don't know if you've ever been in a canoe um but the, like if you have two people on a canoe, somebody on the front is like obviously exploring. That's very much like the mind is exploring. It's checking out the horizon and stuff. But the power is coming from the back. The direction mostly is coming from the back. The person up front is aiding the process. Um, but it's much less of like it has much less of an impact overall on the overall ride, even though they're the one experiencing it first in a sense. Like uh, perceptions come in a way through the brain very quickly. And th- this gets really weird not weird but interesting quickly because i think i'm presupposing quite a bit through like the the mind as like a hub of intelligence but like there are you know the aura and like things like that i think it has more to do with the heart than the brain right
0: yes and even when you said something about the information first is your heart because it's the the, the field is so much bigger than the heart and then the information are processed at the level of the heart and then sent to the brain. So again, it's you know there, and this is why you get all the psychic abilities as well, and all the um, the movement through the quantum field is not necessarily through the brain.
2: Right. So I guess with the canoe analogy, it'd be something like the the back seat, which is the more power, whatever the canoe of the heart is, like, hey, I want to go to that let's go canoe on this spe- specific lake like I, i'm inclined to go this direction it's my joy so you end up in that lake and then i guess the brain is up front saying oh wow look at the there's a big wave coming we got to watch out and, oh my gosh did you see that fish and oh do you feel the wind maybe there's a storm coming so it's giving in all the details and then the heart gets to react and respond and say well we're going to go forward or we're going to turn around or oh my gosh let's anchor here or what you know whatever so it feels like there's um It works in tandem. I mean, definitely, it's a whole system. We're we're a unified being. And uh, for better or worse, probably worse ultimately, but it is what it is. We've been emphasizing mentality and knowledge and uh, linearity and reason um, at the exclusion of empathy, at the exclusion of intuition, at the exclusion of childlike wonder for a long time culturally. Um, and you know, maybe that's why we have the internet and maybe that's why we have globalization. Like, I don't know, but like, so I think it could be defended at a level. Um, that's kind of why Rome was trying to standardize things. So like, let's all get on the same page so we can like fucking jam together and not have everyone have their own like craziness and no one get along. But there's a price to be paid for that kind of, um, stomping into a, you know, uh, mold or whatever, and now we have a very well molded reality, like so to speak, like standardized reality in a sense, like westernized reality. But we're all kind of going crazy, being like, no one, not everybody, but a lot of people, are like, I'm not joyful. What am I here for? What, you know, I've lost my passion. I'm just going through the motions. I feel like a, um, you know, uh, I'm in the matrix, and I'm just, you know, a cog in the machine. And that's because a lot of people have disconnected from their real power source, which is their heart.
0: Totally. At the same time, I feel that many people are looking for it. So again, yesterday I did uh, another journey for the healing of the web of life with people that never journeyed before. And there were 12 people who never journeyed before. And in some way of shape or form, what they mentioned was this connection from the heart, was this really looking for being together, looking for not judgment, looking for healing from the heart so isn't it strange okay it's a small group but there is more and more and more people I feel that are looking for those opening of the heart and being in communion in community is definitely a manifestation of it because I don't think you can create community from the mind right you, you need to come in community with an open heart because we're also different if we just go at it from a mental point of view, I think nobody would be happy, right? But if you, if you come at it from an empathy point of view and from a loving, from wanting to feel something, right? Because this is why you come together, is wanting to feel. Then I think there is so much opening and, and awakening. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think communities can be built off of mind, that's kind of what like the Borg is in Star Trek. It's not ideal. I mean, Raphael, right? I think, like, greys are mental in their community in a sense. But they're having to go back well, in time and try to figure shit
1: out because they missed a step or whatever. Yes, exactly. So um, it is certainly possible, but it's just like, how should I say, running a car without a wheel or whatever? Or it's just like half a device. And if you know that you have both mental capacity as a human and you have emotional ca- capacity the gray said the emotional capacity is too chaotic in their minds i guess and you know they started fighting and warring and all of that um so yeah definitely we should just become again a whole human with a uh, mind and heart and have them work in synchronization in conjunction and again have the heart actually give the orders rather than the mind and that's the thing we kind of got uh, mixed up and if we rectify that chain of command let's say um all is well
2: it seems like a certain type of efficiency was accomplished through certain ways at some point so let's just say like a very capricorn person was like hey we need a standardized thing we all need to work together and make this like literacy let's all be able to read As opposed to like, I don't feel like reading. I want to go play in the fields and play with flowers. At some point, they're like, You're not going to make a living. Like, it's tricky because we started telling ourselves stories. You already mentioned
1: this, you're not going to make a living. I mean, where did that come from? You know, that led to anime. I have no clue. Exactly. (laughs) Well, good point. You have no clue. I mean, this is what you're saying now. I'm not, you know, condemning you. (laughs) You say you have no clue, but I'm saying this, there is something uh, to investigate right here. Uh, Yeah. Reset research. Um, And, Just to be clear, that this is not. I want to say that the world like this, in my view, doesn't only come about because some Capricorn wants a standardized system. You can also have that, you know. Without here, the idea is much more, as I see it, the idea of dependency and control and these around nitrates, which then make it commensurate to have a population that is standardized to an extent because I want to, in a sense, use them as a human resource. Um, But if I don't have that view. And that's not important. And I'm pretty sure we can still find all kinds of standards of communication without uh, the hidden intention of uh, control, uh, suppression, and conformity just for the sake of being able to be managed more easily.
2: It's got to be something of a Yugo thing, too, because I think even I'm just thinking of Joseph Campbell kind of... um, Assessments of uh, more indigenous cultures—they still have like you know warriors who are like we're not gonna cry, like we're gonna go out there and go kill the enemy. Like it's I, I think there was a time probably you know whatever thirteen twenty six thousand years ago, whenever when it was like more Lemuria and it was more feminine and Empress card energy where it was like everybody just kind of got along, and then I, I mean people are the manifestation of these changes, so it's like through us, but like the energy shifted into a place of like ego individualism um dominance uh scarcity like you're saying um and it and we could explain it through things like orion you know attributes were more resonant in the hologram or however we want to kind of describe it but it seems like now we're trying to find this middle place where it's like no we can't just sit around naked in the bush like none of us really prefer that like it's really cool that we've been you know come up, you know, learned a few things about science, technology, our bodies, whatever. Like, the the indigenous wisdom of, like, I'm talking, like, 100,000 years ago, like, we had, like, the pendulum swings. So, it's like, that was a very nurturing and probably very heart ironically driven thing uh, but then they were like shit like I'll get eaten by a fucking tiger or whatever so we have to make a spirit you know like it's tricky it's not just so simple but the was going way too far in one direction which is kind of the whole 20th century shenanigans where it's like na- nation states dropping bombs on each other and decimating you know like all this stuff we've been doing and I think we're kind of pulling back now where it's like or not all of us but that's kind of what the zeitgeist is right now where it's like y'all do you want to keep going in that direction or do we want to like have it's kind of like a pit stop it's like, is this the path we want to be going on? So it feels like even COVID, at a, um, even if it's a pandemic and all this kind of stuff, and it's not what we think it is, and it's what you know nefarious, that's more Raphael's opinion. I'm still – I'm not against that theory, but I'm just like, I think we have to be going through this um, just based off the astrology. It seems like we're like, okay, it's a karma hiccup, and we've been kind of not learning certain lessons, learning certain lessons at the expense of other lessons, maybe is a way to put it. Um, and now we you have to be including correct.
1: our – the only thing is maybe that the lessons that are to be learned are different than what is publicly presented as the lessons would have to be learned. For example, and now we have to get to this, Alex, just because you, I think you mentioned, yeah, coming together and whether it makes a difference. Of course it does. Just yesterday we had a dolphin channel on a German show. And I asked her, like, what would a dolphin say? Did she get a message? And she was like, yeah, she doesn't have to ask because it's obvious. Like dolphins... Uh, you know they spend time together and uh, yeah it, it certainly makes a huge difference and definitely there are lessons to be learned that's why it's called corona once again this is the crown and i stay with i believe what i also said initially it's all about sovereignty that's the real lesson
2: well let's take a quick music break uh if you want to get some tea or go to the bathroom that's maybe a good time to do it um and when we come back we can kinda keep hashing out these ideas, talk about whatever you want, uh, Alex, and um just feel through it. Uh I think if we're gonna play the music I picked, this is a Holy Ghost song called It's Not Over, because at some point in a voice message Alex is like, Do you want to talk about the astrology? Is it the end of the world or whatever is going on December twenty first? And I wanted you to just no, it's not over. No, no matter what, like even if <laughs> even if there's a solar flare we all melt, it's not over will come back interesting lyrics i was just listening i mean I've, i love that band holy ghost they're two jewish guys from brooklyn who do cool dance music like that um i think that's like a, almost a decade old that album of crazy at this point but uh it's talking about like um tastes get uh, i forget all the words but it's like your taste change the tape the tapes get slower like back in the day cassette tapes would like rub out I was talking about like kind of the entropy of life, but it's like, hold on to me, like push through with your heart. Like, we can make this work. Uh, We can creatively overcome this kind of thing. It's funny. I don't know. I didn't think about those lyrics when I picked it. I just thought that it's not over chorus or whatever, but it also resonates in kind of what we're talking about, where it's like things can break down and things change, but uh, we still find ourselves participating in it. And there's more joyful ways to do that. Uh, and more miserable ways to do that, I guess. Anyway, Alex, what's on your mind?
0: I'm still smiling at the song um, and at the word sovereignty because it's. Uh, I feel, in a sense, we are this crossroad, right? As humans, where where do we go from here? Do we? What do we do? Where you know? And I think this is why, if we acknowledge the heart a little bit more. Maybe we've got a chance of being more in alignment with the web of life because ultimately, you know, it's not just us. It's uh, it's the cosmos. It's if you look at Mother Earth, what is our relationship with her. And the more you drop into the heart, I think, if we use Raphael's make the heart the, the leader, then it's a lot harder to start pillaging, to start dropping bombs, to start criticizing the neighbor right it you get a different perspective and i think in the long term even if maybe a bit more of a roller coaster as i feel sad when you feel sad or you know if something i'm more affected by it for sure but at least there's a reason at least there is there's more sovereignty because you can you you relate more and like i said if everybody's driving from the heart i'm sure that much less reasons for crying
2: i don't know if you've ever seen the movie with jeff bridges um called the giver it's based on a book i haven't read but the film i've seen and it's kind of um an orwellian situation and i i don't really know the details but basically there's this group of people that like live on a high plateau and they're highly technological and they take a pill to kind of um, like almost anti depressant anti anxiety kind of pill that numbs them out, and they see the world kind of they 're very efficient and you know they 're nice they 're friendly they 're still humans right, but then this one kid becomes um like his task I guess everyone gets like designated tasks like for their careers because this just how you know the ant colony works it 's like okay you 're going to be a engineer and you 're going to be a wet nurse and, you know whatever they 're doing. And, um, this one kid is like basically like the prophet of the group. like there's only one giver, I guess ever, and he gets picked this, so he goes and hangs out with this old dude, who's kind of like the shaman guide or whatever, and he starts taking his pills, and he starts getting overwhelmed with emotion to the point where he's like crippled by it, like he's just never had emotions. I mean he's had very tepid and and uh thin emotions, right like 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 he understands anger a little or understands love a little. But like when you take when you get off this medicine, um, which is also kind of alluding to like pharmaceutical, you know, overindulgence with just prescription drugs and stuff, um uh kind of social commentary. But um it's a little overwhelming and but at the same time he's living life more fully. Like he appreciates like you're saying, even even um I was reading Gene keys this morning, I do that every day with my fiance, and today was fifty six. I think Raphael actually has this. Uh, which the a city is intoxication. And it's like, you know, sad, there's beauty in sadness. There's beauty in boredom. There's beauty in grief. There's beauty in ecstasy. There's beauty in like, you know, um, you know, all the positive, normal ones, like, you know, happiness and all that stuff. But like being bored is like, there's a very specific experience to that, that, you know, or sadness that we try to avoid, I think, or have been trying to avoid for efficiency's sake in modern culture. And maybe that's kind of what the, uh, I don't know if Rafael was saying the Greys were saying that, but it's like emotions can get messy, but they're real. Like they're not not real. And then that we don't want to be so emotional that we don't you know, get out of bed for like six months. Like that's not helpful, right? But um, it's tricky. Uh, I guess I'm just musing about the giver. I don't, I'm rambling. I've been on a really right, ramble right. today. Yeah, go so, for it. So
1: I'll take over the rambling. Um, two things. Number one, as I understand, Alex, or as we've been talking, you're – are more accustomed, let's say, to the earthbound realms, which, as we understand through the heart anyway, is a holographic as well. However, apparently yesterday or something, hashtag Galactic Federation was trending on Twitter because the ex-Israeli uh, Secret Service or you know intelligence head, retired Israeli general and space security chief professor Haim Eshet said during an interview with an Israeli newspaper last week. That extraterrestrials have been in contact with the government of the United States and Israel for years. Um, And also, there's an agreement between the US government and the aliens. So, nothing new, but interesting that former intelligence head says this. And also, um, that interestingly enough, um, yeah, space aliens asked Trump not to expose the Galactic Federation. Um, the UFOs, quote from him, have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. And then there is this, uh, you know, meme I posted, which says, you know, humans are we ready to meet the aliens yet. And uh, the collective federation says, well, if you become really chill about a lot of things, really fast.
0: Yeah, so where does that leave us as humans?
2: Dealing with life, <laughs> trying to figure it out. This is where it gets tricky because I, th- I think a lot of what COVID's done and this lockdown has done is, is allowed people, it's almost like a mandatory sweat lodge or something where it's like, yeah. yo, are you going to sit with yourself well? Like, who are you? Is, the, is all the momentum of the world and the culture for the past hundred years, like, what happens when it hits pause? Like, is this who you really want to be? Like, does this bring you joy or are you just going through the motions?
0: yeah i feel um i feel that that's that's the question but i don't think many have heard that that question (laughs) and they're still pretending that it's not happening this is this is what i feel i'm dropping a bomb maybe here
2: well i think terence mckenna said it best where i mean the reason he was such an advocate of psychedelics he's like it's preparing you for basically the singularity (laughs) Where it's like the novelty and synchronicity and magic and weirdness and just craziness is going to keep on getting so intense that basically psychedelics, um, which I, I mean, you don't have to do drugs, obviously. But it's like uh, these states of consciousness allow people to be more lubricated and acclimated for the weirdness. Um, and I think we're getting to a point um, we're not there yet, uh, but we're starting to get to astrological places where and even yesterday or the day before it's going to hit us. Today and tomorrow, but there was like a huge, massive coronal ejection, Earth facing, which like doesn't happen very often, but it's like super big. Um, I don't think it's gonna like glow Corona out. Coronal
1: ejection, you say?
2: Yeah, the sun kind of spit out a solar flare basically towards us, and then some um, CME, a cr- coronal mass ejection, and it's it takes a while. It's a million miles away, so it takes a while to get to us. But uh, it's coming, and it might interfere. You know, earthquakes might increase. Uh, technology might be kind of frazzled a little um you know wi-fi might be a few bars down kind of thing we'll see that's more of a tomorrow thing but um if the sun i mean this gets into a lot of presuppositions If the sun is like this center of consciousness or our heart in a sense even uh, the higher mind higher heart it's shooting kind of data at us to upgrade it's sagittarius season right now which is kind of this lofty um truth seeker and I guess the reason I'm saying all this is because um, no, I don't think, I think a lot of people think things are going to go back to normal and this is just a hiccup. And I'm not saying they won't be, you know, it's not going to be like from like a 180 degree turn, but I think we get to change the trajectory a little. Um, And this is kind of what Dolores Cannon talks about. uh, And other people have talked about for a long time where it's like, there's kind of a split in realities and uh, some people are just going to double down and want to, to live the way we are and keep going where that goes like yeah let's go colonize Mars but it's like how how why the fuck are we colonizing Mars if we can't even like you know feed ourselves properly it's it's just tricky like it's a big lesson karmic lesson right now it seems especially astrologically with the grand conjunction coming up on December 21st um, Jupiter and Saturn are conjoining literally um, Jupiter is about big more extra all the things and Saturn's about karma time limits restriction so we're kind of getting a big pop quiz you could say um to be like are we being integrous like if you have like a dope looking i don't know if you know what mardi gras is Um, But like in New Orleans, they have this thing called Mardi Gras where they have like floats, like parade floats. And it's like you could have an amazing looking float, but if it's not built very well, like it could fall apart and kill everybody on the float. Like while they're just dancing on it and like throwing necklaces around or whatever they're doing. So I think we've been living in a culture that looks really crazy cool, but there's a lot of fundamental issues. And um, it's weird because on the one hand, it's like these are explorations in consciousness that had to occur. So we had to understand what it means to like – you know go through what we have, whether it's, you know, like Rome to England, to America, like all these things are causally necessary. That's why they occurred. Um, but at the same time, I think there's people that have incarnated, probably yourself included, Alex, um, with different goals than the uh, like, we can play this game, but we want to play it a little differently. And I think all we have to do is kind of hold our space in our hearts and inspire others by what we're doing and kind of create the what we want from that joyous place. Um, and people will have their options. It's, it's kind of like anything. Like, there's an all-you-can-eat buffet, and it's like, well, you can have mashed potatoes or you can have, you know, shrimp or whatever the heck you want to eat. But, um, like, so people are going to make their decision. That's Age of Aquarius, right? Where we're going into this place where people are picking their teams. It's very much like the sorting hat in Harry Potter, where it's like, you know, if you're Gryffindor, you're not Slytherin. And if you're Slytherin, you're not Ravenclaw. And if you're, you know, but this, they're, so they're very different, but they're all in Hogwarts. So it's like, we're all on planet Earth, but people are starting to go to what they vibrate more with um and it's not even bad or good um because i mean there's people that want to like you know have a nice neat orderly completely you know manicured reality where it's like sterile and mechanical and ai is telling you know serious guiding everything that's fine if they want that um and then there's people who want to like you know take off their shoes and dance in the field and do psychedelics and meditate with you know give massages with a group or you know like more feminine kind of earth mama stuff uh empress card stuff that's fine and it's and in a weird way we're all going to be finding our tribes it seems um even if we're on lockdown we're having to know who we are right now and hope and hopefully people listening i know i'm trying to do a lot of work we're just like what do i really want what is the heart what is the heart of my dream not what do i think is going to make the most sense or what do i think is going to make the most money or what do i think is going to make the most you know success or whatever those things come from when you're in alignment with your heart and like you were saying earlier if you're if you don't have that fire going it's like it's hard to cook with not much fire i mean you can do it kind of like i get, I mean but it doesn't work out whereas if you have a nice roaring fire the heart um you can kind of cook anything and make it work so i'm rambling god it's been a lot of rambling on my part today sorry but it seems like we're entering a place where it is a crossroads i mean that's been this whole year where it's like all right you were kind of going, you know, down the highway, going really fast in third gear. But it's like, are you in the car you even want to be in? And it doesn't mean this car is bad, um, because I'm not even sure there's even bad and good anymore. I mean, I'm not saying I'm beyond good and evil at a level, but it's like we preferred certain things and we've been negligent of, you know, certain things at the exclusion of preferences. So we've said we want like, you know, fast food. We don't want like healthy food. For a few generations said that they were like, "We just want McDonald's, we just want fast, and then of course, it gets weird because like people are you know making the food really salty and really fatty, and making like your body will crave it whether you want it or not, that kind of stuff. but we've been programmed and engineered in a certain way for a long enough time, and I think now, between the power of the internet and the power of the astrology, which is being reflected in this lockdown and kind of wake-up call, um where it's like before you go forward, know where your chips lay. Like you have a pair, you know, what cards do you have? If you have two aces, you know, you're going to gamble very differently than if you have two seven off suit and poker. So it's like, what are your cards? Who are you? Know thyself. And we've had a lot of opportunity. I mean, some people have maybe, you know, gotten more into alcohol and, and I mean, I think the suicide rate and the drug and alcohol rate right now is like pretty off the charts. So there's a lot of people who aren't really spiritually equipped right now for many reasons to deal with this, but they're, you know, it's like when you go to a pop quiz. It's like maybe you didn't study. You're gonna be sweating bullets if you didn't study, but you still have to take the quiz. Like that's kind of where we're at. Some people who have been studying like are are not sweating as much. Uh, it seems like you've been doing a lot of work yourself, Alex, over the years. So it seems like uh, you know. You, however, you want to look at it, whether the universe has blessed you or you manifested or some dance between that. Like you're in a situation where you're you know not homeless you're near a park near a ley line right like you're doing all right um even though it's not ideal we're not free in the same sense as we used to be and maybe maybe it'll be a while before that happens again but um yeah it's a big checkpoint basically uh it's it's saturn and jupiter and pluto is it's almost like a um border crossing so it's like where's your passport do you have the papers like you're like do you know where you're going and a lot of people have been living in the momentum of a culture that is excessive, selfish, um, uh, very throwaway culture where it's like, you know, we don't really think about the environment. We're just going to throw the trash over there in the in the landfill. And now it was a forest, but now it's a landfill. Like that kind of thinking isn't going to work anymore. Um, the people that want to continue to do that path are Able to. That's why free will and like you know the hologram allows that. But at the same time, I think we're starting to have a real bifurcation where a lot of people like you know what I was told X, Y, and Z, and I don't I believe A, B, and C, and I'm going to stand up for that and I'm going to do my own thing because of my heart telling me so.
0: Yeah, Jim, I would you hundred percent because while you said a lot of things, I'm trying to (laughs) just put them together. But ultimately, it is a crossroad. I feel. And this solar flare happening, so data are landing, right? It's whether you believe it or not, they're landing. Whether you believe in astrology, those two planets are meeting, right? And this is gonna have a massive, massive impact. And it's all about bring back that alignment. You mentioned fast food. This is fast life. You know, you want to be on the internet. If it takes two seconds to charge, oh my god, what a disaster! And the universe is saying hey is that important is that what's important to you right now how long it takes to charge what about what we mentioned sovereignty freedom what do you want your joy what you know Where? what are your values i think so whether you you well you live your life the way you want but i feel the universe is saying either you come back into your alignment by your own will or will you know, nudge you a little bit down the road where you're going to be more or less forced to slow down and you're going to be more, you know, acknowledge the earth, the galactic and all the other beings. So that's, are you studying? You know, part of my (laughs) career and, and work of choice is to tell people, hey, wake up. That's what I always say. You have to wake up, show up and step up. I'm doing fine. You know, like I said, I well, I feel I'm doing fine. I got my, you know, spiritual awakening. I'm talking to my guides. I'm more or less of an idea. I'm taking care of my children. My, but I'm telling others, you can choose, of course, but it's part of our, it's not even our, I don't know, our job, or I think it's a vocation to say to others, you want to live a better life in the future? you got to change something and and be part of, the universe with, with your heart, with your sovereignty, with your integrity, and not as if I'm all alone and I can pillage the earth and maybe, you know, like you say, go to Mars and the moon and just act as if it's just us. That's not going to work very, for a very long time.
2: Right. We're hitting limits of sustainability. Um, as Raphael always points out, the scarcity is kind of a program that we've been given. That's to
1: Yes. Yeah, Sorry to jump in, but maybe to get Alex's view on this as well. I mean, why is it even called scarcity? Maybe to. I mean, also you're not an English native. Maybe to us, it's more apparent. But I'm so scared of scarcity, and maybe all of the scarcity is just a scare and nothing else. I'm. I'm starting to suspect that actually. Scarcity so in what? Say again?
0: when you talk about scarcity what do you refer to
1: oh here i'm just talking about the name the wording itself like jim said word managing. scare the city just, just, yeah scare yeah yeah scare the city uh i'm scared and just even the way jim you pronounced it you said scarcity and there even scare the scare is inside that wording already so and knowing that you know reality is built upon belief and having done some investigations into you know health and all kinds of things resources whatever it may be you come to realize that most of the time when you're presented with some kind of a uh, idea of an entropic meaning self-disintegrating system or highly limited system if you look closer you actually find that abundance is there and that's the other kind of link back towards you are doing alex why i'm asking is whether it's not, it's just that people are scared. That's where why they're in scarcity and not up on dance or I would say from a dance. <laughs> if you can catch my drift.
0: <laughs> I can. And I think it's exactly that people are scared. And scared and maybe judgmental of a certain situation as well um like i mentioned you know this is going to be my first christmas without traveling to italy at the same time and i've not been out and about much i have to say and i was a person that was always you know going somewhere and go to exercise and go to meet somebody and go to an event and go so it's not like i was at home all the time. And when the pandemic hit and I said, okay, you know what, I've got two children, I'm a single mom. I know this is more related to frequencies. (laughs) And my frequencies are high. But at the same time, I'm gonna be wise, quote, and avoid public places and stay home. But I never felt um, that my freedom was limited, so to speak, because it's kind of my It was my decision not to go out, right? It was my decision not to go. Even now, it's my decision not to go on a plane. I I know many people that are traveling for Christmas. And for me, when I lost my freedom, I just remember, you know, many past lives when I was chained and burned and my head was chopped off. So right now, even if I have to wear a mask, for me, it's got nothing to do with losing my freedom. I'm just so feeling grounded and i'm so feeling blessed by you know everything that i have and like i said i i i've got such a beautiful park and ultimately london is an amazing city that you can do many many things but i still don't feel that scarcity and i don't feel that i'm tied down does it make sense that
1: yeah, makes total sense and uh yeah, I just wanted to get to that point of, you know, being scared or not and to the point of how one deals with all of these measures is the idea I liked also picked up yesterday from this, uh, Margit Myra Fuchs is her name. She's a dolphin channel. I think you would probably get along very well as, as well now that I'm thinking of it. Um, and she said it's, she says pretty strong opinions and has done a lot of research. Um, we're going to get her on soon, Jim. At least I'm going to enjoy this. Because it's not only spiritual, but also like and it's a technical stuff of all of that's happening. And um but what she said is basically that as long as it's a conscious decision, you know, it's all perfectly fine. The point usually is that, of course, people are just complying with whatever and they don't even have a clue what they're doing or why or it's, you know, it's automated. And I agree with you, actually, it is as always you know even just now we can take a good example people are being scared to stay home then you have all kinds of regulations which are you know three times unconstitutional and so on and so forth but whatever and then you find out there's even exceptions and if you know what you're doing um you can do a lot of things let's just say but again there's an attempted scare to get people to be paralyzed actually if I put it like this but in truth just as you mentioned there are so many things that are possible and the way i can see it just talking about vienna and also i'm not going out a lot but what i hear is that people are out and about and i'm very happy about that um that you know they don't allow themselves to be scared that much i guess
2: well it's funny to me because i think it's i mean the idea is kind of like, i don't know Star Wars comes to mind, but I guess that's weird. So I don't have to talk about that, but the Titanic, like when it hit the iceberg, many, everybody was experiencing one of phenomenon, right? Like this is happening. Like no one was doubting the boat sinking. Some people got on their musical instruments and said, we're going to calm everybody down. Right. Some people were punching kids in the face and hiding in boats, trying to get you know, stow away rich people style, like in the movie or whatever. Um, there's all sorts of people are reacting not only with their karma, but with like what they're built for. This gets into astrological charts and stuff. So it's like some, some people are better during chaotic times. Um, Like you were saying, Alex, that you had a life that was very fast paced and uh, there's a, there's a, not that you didn't have this wisdom already, but it's like, this is emphasizing a kind of wisdom of like, all right, you keep your own momentum in spite of the momentum of the world around you kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, other people are, uh, starting to realize, hey, I'm being pulled i am you know like it sounds like alex like you're not too um uh, offended, I guess or you know uh perturbed by the um masks and stuff like that, like you're like, I can do this like whatever. Um, I'm kind of on the same wave where I'm like whatever it's just a phase hopefully some people are you know We've had guests on where they're like standing up on buses saying I will not wear a mask It's very much like a revolutionary moment for them or whatever um, So I think everyone is being hit with not only their nature so their chart like what are they but also like the Titanic is hitting So everybody's kind of being called to different lessons even within the same situation so the lesson for the musicians of the Titanic to like it's been an honor to play with you and we're going to calm people down even like while the water is coming up to our knees we're still going to play the cello or whatever it's like that's a choice uh they could freak out right but like between their karma and all this stuff they're choosing not to but that situation even though it's on the same ship is very different than you know rose and jack or whatever running around trying to find a way out and you know the old people who like lie in their bed if you've seen titanic i'm alluding to this james cameron movie i'm hoping everybody knows what i'm talking about um but anyway, it seems like the situation's happening, like just like you were saying, the astrology's happening. Uh, and the way I look at it, kind of, is like the the as above, the astrology's happening. It's not like exact, like this happens so that happens, but it's like there's there's a script playing out, and it's manifesting in certain energies, and the energies are manifesting on Earth in certain ways, and we have a choice. Uh, We've been just such in a trance of culture. Movies like Fight Club get into this and The Matrix and stuff. For many genera like you know the past few decades, people have been like, We're not our jobs. It's not all about money and success. Uh although the money and success are fine in and of themselves, but it's like we've been all told to get on a rat race and if you're not making X amount of dollars, you're nobody. If you don't fall in love, you're mean you know, you don't ha you're you should not be here. We've been having to try to prove our existences, I guess, but we're here. Like we don't have to prove shit. And now it's just a matter of following your heart's desire wisely. Um, and that's everybody's, you know, personal proclivities based on their chart, the reality, however we want to put that. Um, and it seems like we're being given – it's an opportunity is how I'm looking at it. It's a recalibration opportunity. And basically from this point, um, a lot of people are going to go towards the world they would rather live in. So I'm sure we're going to start seeing in the next couple of years like more, you know, like anti-mask, hippie kind of Burning Man type cities popping up and then other places where they're like, no, you need a microchip to get in here and we know you're clean uh, and you're not going to be able to buy food without this fucking card or travel, you know, like we're going to kind of, it seems like that's the bifurcation and right now it's, it's people dealing with the internal of the, of that where there's like, okay, so what does sovereignty mean to me? What does my freedom mean? Am I free in spite of my circumstances? Some people don't feel free unless they're like able to run around without a mask. Uh, some people are free and they can be, imp- you know, Paul in the Bible was like, I'm in jail, but I'm, or, you know, uh, people in prison, solitary, you you could be as free as your mind lets you be or your heart allows you to be. So it's a tricky time. But at the same time, this is exactly what we we've asked for. Uh, I mean, that's a presupposition of mine, but it seems like the astrology is such that it's like. Well, you wanted to, um, you know, you've been doing certain things a certain way for a long time, and you've all matured. Basically, like uh, the bell curve has gotten to be a certain enough place where we get to start making better decisions. It's funny because in these Richard Rudd positions, stuff, st- stuff like you know, I tend to be more green and liberal, and like let's save the planet and stuff. And it's like maybe that's. I mean, this is a weird way to put it, but maybe that's us projecting our short-sightedness onto it. Maybe and this is a weird way to put it, but it's like everything's happening for a reason like the universe like there's no mistakes so it's in harmony always so even the fact that we're having like i have even the fact that we're having ecological like issues and stuff like that um is it's part of a um a, uh, a journey of balancing like in a weird way we're kind of gaia's follicles or something so like earth consciousness created plants and animals and humans came from animals or whatever the story goes and we're kind of expounding, and expounding further and further out into space, uh, and maybe there's lessons like, you know, it's it's a weird way to put it. It's like you don't know, you don't know, uh, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Like that's a real wisdom that comes from there. And I'm not saying we have to lose Earth, but I'm I'm thinking that we had to get very close. That's the whole Mayan like life out of balance. You guys have gone too far. Rectify the situation. 2012 thing, where it's like you guys are going to get so close to like losing control that you're gonna. There's a there's a wisdom and a lesson in that moment just like uh, there's a wisdom in the chaos of the titanic ship but everyone's got kind of different stories playing out if that makes any sense
0: it does and the question is you know we're so close of losing her earth but isn't the other way around isn't (laughs) isn't it that the earth and the universe and the stars and the aliens can go on way i think they can go on without us right but can we go on without the earth well not at this
1: point.
2: Right. It seems like we're pretty expendable. Um, life goes on within or without you, as the Beatles would say. So, yeah, it's it's a moment where I think being grateful, like I've been doing some certain um, meditations lately and just being grateful, like it's weird. I'm like, because I, I don't like Trump particularly personally. Um, but I don't really like Biden either. Like as an American, I I don't like a I mean, I don't like politicians at this point. I think they're all shady fucking assholes who just kind of play games and, you know, distract people with like headlines or whatever. Um, but I was trying to appreciate each of them and, and like send them love and even to think, you know, animals that I'll never meet like elephants in India and, um, giraffes and sequoia trees, just shit that's out here. It's like, it's all here happening right now. My attention might not be on it. Like, I might not have ever touched a Sequoia tree, but it's there. Or I might not have ever, you know, been to the um, Arctic Circle, but there's a Aurora Borealis that's happening. There's a bla- even stuff like black holes. It's like, that shit fucks my head up. Like, I'm like, oh, gosh, is that supposed to be happening? <laughs> like, clearly it is occurring, but is this like a mistake of the universe? Or is it like, how do I even existentially deal with a black hole, which like shreds up matter and time and space and all this shit? Um, I think that, right? So it's like, I think being grateful kind of leads to a place of equi- equanimity and balance within oneself. And then when you're in that place of balance, you can actually know how to uh, presuming you're, you know, kind of get centered. Then you turn on your heart and you say, what do I really love? Like I'm in the dream. And I, you, we're not a lot of the myths we've been telling ourselves is like, you're going to live to a hundred and be rich <laughs> and everyone's gonna you know, or whatever the modern myth is. And it's like, no one's guaranteed another day. Like we're glad. I'm glad that I wake up every morning. Um, And we have to kind of i I think we're starting to be responsible it it feels like we were like wild teenagers or something for a while and it's like teenagers don't understand they're like i just want to take the car out and drive really fast and get drunk and get laid and it's like all right well like now that girl's pregnant and you crashed the car um and now you have an addiction to alcohol you know what i mean like we're, we're getting to the karma of our consequences which is the whole saturn you know jupiter conjunction um so But then we can recover from that like I think there's still hope I don't I haven't lost hope, but it doesn't but we have to face the facts And everybody's facts look a little different. That's the weird part So some people like no, I want to keep you know eating McDonald's and surfing the internet all day and looking at porn or whatever Right, there's people on that wave and then there's people like oh shit I'm going vegan and I want to do shamanism and I want to you know astral project and meet my higher self That's a totally different crew yet. We're all still on the same ship we're still on the Titanic right so it's like many people are behaving very differently but we're all in the movie together and uh, I'm I my hope I mean I'm coming from more Christian background but even I don't think aliens are gonna save us I don't you know I don't even know if Jesus is gonna return like that I, I think at some point people start having a heart shift um, because they start realizing it's kind of like the, I don't know how familiar with Bible stories you are but like um, the prodigal son right where it's like this kid In the story, it's like, you know, this kid's like, oh, I want my money now, dad, even though you're not dead, give me my inheritance. He takes this, you know, $10,000 check or whatever, runs off to Las Vegas, all-you-can-eat buffets, hookers, Coke, whatever, right? He lives a crazy life, and then he finds himself homeless, and he's sitting around, and he's like, shit, I guess I'll go back. Like, I think we're kind of at that point where it's like there's a return. We've been a prodigal species and it's not even that we're evil. It's like it had to get learned this way. Like you'd some lesson, you know, you never know you, you don't know what being burned is with until you get burned and then you don't do it again. I think we're going to learn very valuable lessons and hopefully we can instill these in our children. I mean, I'm not going to have kids, but the future generations, um, I think automatically kids who are being born now, I mean, whether you want to get into crystals and indigo kids and rainbow tribe and all this stuff, but kids are more woke and I think they're going to handle it very differently than the generations before us. So we should have some kind of like, Sympathy and um, empathy, I guess, for the people before us. But at some point, you know, if someone's being senile and crazy, you take the car keys and say you can't drive anymore. That's kind of what's happening right now. I think there's a shift in the cultural values, although it's, it's a lot stranger to me because I would have expected it to be more. I mean, I thought, you know, the world would go hippie and burning man and ever, you know, very that way much more than it has. Um, and I think moments like this whole COVID thing are making people realize, like, where are my values? Empress card is ruled by Venus. Venus is all about values. It's like, what do I love? And some people, just where they're at in their spiritual journeys and stuff, and it's not bad or good. Some people are just like, I'm codependent on systems of, you know, I don't know how to, I mean, I personally don't know how to grow food. Um, sovereignty, my sovereignty is pretty limited. I'm, I'm, quote, free within a very constricted realm. So it's like if there was a solar flare, which there was, ironically, and it knocks out all the power. My life is going to be dramatically. I mean, a lot of people's are, but it's like I'll be very, you know, I won't be very happy uh, because I depend on like a, you know, internet and all these things. But life goes on, right? So it's like it's. I'm kind of rambling. I apologize. Uh, I know I've been talking quite a bit, Um, but it seems it's it's like a big. It's like a teenager. I mean, I, I don't have kids, but it's like a teenager where it's like you push the limits and now you know the consequences of pushing limits, and you're still loved. The universe still loves us. Like we're still in love. Like um you know but i think that like it's all it's like waking up, waking up with a hangover or something it's like you you earned this like what did you expect if you drank like a whole bottle of vodka and no had no hydration all night like you're gonna have a headache so now we're having the headache and we're kind of like ah and then some people are like i don't give a shit. give me another bottle and then some people are like let's not do this again and that's kind of where we're at right now
0: yeah totally and i think there are a lot of people that are not too sure what's happening and and they recognize, oh, you know, I, I understand what I was doing is not working. What what do I do? And what surprises me then when I mention gathering with people I don't know, many of them are in suits, many of them are in corporates, and yet when they come in these, you know, situations of shamanic journey, then they drop whatever, you know well the mask or for me what I thought you know oh come on they they're a CEO of a big bank and they (laughs) they they show up here but then they're vulnerable and then they say oh you know I've been crying all night and I'm not sure what to do so this is good I think for those that are a little bit more experienced with you know what do you do when suddenly you start to feel from the heart a lot more what do you do when you say actually I don't want to eat McDonald every day, but what are the alternatives, right? So for me, there's a positive wave that it's coming up. It's just we, I feel we need to be getting on top of it a lot quicker than just, you know, one person at the time, so to speak. What are your views, Raphael?
1: In terms of The development or in terms of how it can progress? I mean, the real question I was having, because everyone keeps talking about this uh, splitting of the prism and multiple Earths, for me, I mean, even right now, it's kind of hard to imagine, although I know it is true that there is an extreme variety of parallel reality apparently coexisting upon what we would, in a sense, define the physical Earth right now, just meaning there are places where there is perfect tranquility and calm, There are places where you know people are fighting or even killing each other or whatever um as so many have you know outlined these ideas or we could go the nature route you know barefoot hippie dancing on the beach or you go into the technocratic smart city with a chip in your brain what i'm kind of wondering about is whether these two realities can actually really physically coexist or whether or not this whole lockdown period in a sense has been another opportunity for Orientation to each and every one, and there's of course infinite variability in the details of, you know, potential reality as uh, varied as imagination can be. However, as then as maybe now, people are re-emerging or haven't made up their minds uh, whether they want to, you know, stay in contact with their family or keep meeting people, or whether they want to be afraid of everyone and all of these things. That maybe in a sense, after you come out of this 2020, let's say, there are actually already maybe, you know, these differing worlds more palpable or something, because at least for me, I don't know, maybe this will coexist, but I don't really see it because the one idea has a, in a sense, um, has not the proposition, but the claim for complete authority over everything. There is one side of the spectrum the way I see it, that is not relenting, that is not stopping until it has complete control. So in a sense, I don't really see that possibility that this could coexist in this fashion, along with, let's say, the new Earth. I really see that this would have to go elsewhere. Not saying that we can't have technology and all of the amazing things, but in a sense that it had been pushed the past decades. I don't really see how this can continue on.
0: Well, that brings on the topic of all these different simulated realities, right? Are we are we in a simulated reality? Are we in the matrix or, or not? And technology, well, again, how far do you push that chip in the head, right? Because the idea of having a chip in the head was, oh, so that we can have superpowers. But our, our mind has already superpowers, so... Why do you need a chip in the head to remind you that chip in the head is really gonna numb your your superpowers? So it's a tricky, tricky. Well, for me, again, if I think about it, my mind cannot comprehend it. And the only way to calm myself down is to go into meditation and the earth and grounding and again the heart and say, okay, what makes me feel good and then take it from there. But otherwise it's um it is a rabbit hole
1: well and that's kind of the whole point and i agree with what you're saying this is the whole idea of you know zero point meditation going into the heart breathing all of those things because in a sense uh, let's say the culture whatever has scared many people into you know shaming guilting and everything themselves hating each other and themselves and all of that and especially making them believe that they are worthless and they don't have powers and they're on a flying space rock randomly generated and are slowly falling apart basically because they're like a machine. That's the image that's conveyed. Um, And then they try to offer, oh, but you can remedy that if you buy into all this nice tech that we have drawn up for you. When in truth, if everyone wouldn't be so amazingly confused and meditate a bit more and commune with others and so on, and they would realize that they have all the capacities that are promised by technologies and more already inherent with themselves. And as I'm even on a very superficial level, let's say, aware of that, I don't, and I love tech and all of that. And, you know, it's all amazing, but I'm for, at least for me, I never see myself, you know, going the chip route just because it's, it's not effective. It's not efficient. It's just silly. If I know I already have a machine that it's, that is my, You'd it's would rather just smoke a machine GMT
2: than <laughs> hook up to a machine, probably.
1: That's the, just the most simplistic layer of this. You know, there are all these kinds of cities, as we discussed with Richard Rudd as well. To me, this is—I mean, if you want to say that something like a matrix could be built and could be real, then the cities described by Richard Rudd, you know, can be real uh, to the square, or however you call it, yeah, and to the circle as well. So then, you know, it's clear, like, why would I then make myself dependent upon a source of electricity or whatever, or anything external, if I realize I have all those capacities and more within myself, and they are just skills that uh, I can develop. And that's honestly the simple way I see it. And I'm also seeing here that it has a lot to do, of course, with individual choices. But also then, you know, you meet new people, some things become easier It flows along the path of least resistance if you allow it again just by following exactly what you said alex in terms of i would say follow your excitement or following your heart and um, then to me yeah the, the path is pretty clear and i'm just observing all of these funny games whether it's about their contrived way of space exploration or uploading your brain or all of these things but the way i see it is this is just it's just a scare and it's a joke and some people really buy into it, but I think it will actually, it will change. And, um, again, I'm just curious if those two, let's say, models of life can really coexist. Maybe they can, because I can well imagine the more, let's say, um, diversified crowd just being, okay, you can totally, guys, you can totally have your super computerized smart city and play cyborg games, but you can just do it over there. You know, we have enough space for that, I'm sure. Um, but I can't really see it the other way around that uh, uh, an ideology is done to conformity like and zoops. control. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying that if it were the other way around, let's, let's put it like this, just to make the analogy clear and make it simple. So if you would say the brain leads just as it has until now, you have a control conformity based system and they will seek you out anywhere if they can and try to conform and control you. That's the only thing they know that if the brain would lead, I can't see that being sustained on this planet uh, any longer. What I can see is the heart leading, meaning those that are more into, you know, unity, diversity and love. And if that leads then i could even see and i would be the first one to agree to that let's make a nice island where people literally can you know chip themselves up or whatever they want as long as they don't start um wanting to have supremacy it. and exactly mandating it upon others that's always the very very simple demarcation line whether someone tries to mandate something upon you or kind of force you into something maybe also somewhat subtle that's always the you know a clear line where not not really free will is being infringed upon but there is all this illusion and scarcity and so on and i think on a collective scale in the sense we've processed through a lot of that i'm pretty sure there'll be some more but at least for me i'll also be done with it soon enough
2: something we have to remember though is uh, we're talking a lot about mentality like groupthink and mentality so it's like which way do we think it's going to go we have to get back to the heart in the sense that it's like, and this is tricky because I think we orient the multiverse with our hearts. So it's like there's a million, or millions, a small number, there's an infinite number of parallel realities. And how, what your heart is attuned to, what you fear, what you believe in, what you hope for, puts you into a trajectory for a certain bubble in that multiverse. So, in a sense, um, I mean, there's always going to be, you know, Not always, but there's going to be like differentiation, like polarity, right? So there's all like there's going to be reptilians and there's going to be Pleiadians or whatever, right? There's going to be like, you know, people expressing punk rock, fuck the machine, and then people saying, I run a corporation and I employ many people or, you know, whatever, variations of degrees like that. Um, But I think what we're being called to do right now is, in a weird way, it's almost like a docking, like a spaceship, like almost like that uh, Valerian thing where it's like we're choosing which universe we're docking into. And our hearts are kind of the mechanism for doing that. So, and I don't want to be naive and just say like, you know, a dream, you know, wish your way into something else. But it's like, we're doing that unconsciously anyway. So we might as well orient ourselves more consciously through kind of heart centered stuff. Everybody's doing it anyway. So if your heart is all about plugging into a matrix, you're going to find yourself in that reality. And if your heart's all about, you know, like, you know, open air markets and like, you know, vegan, whatever, like you're going to be on that reality. And the weird part I think we're having to realize is there's, and this is the hardest part being a human with an ego, but it's like none of them, and this is hard to do because we tend to be like, oh, the people who are, you know, I mean, I would say people who litter are assholes or, you know, whatever. It's like, no, everything, it's the universe experiencing itself through every possible way. Um, so some algorithms are going to look, you know, some people are going to have a very Hellraiser. <laughs> gothic you know snm club thing and then some people are going to be like you know flower children and some people are going to be suit and ties some people are going to be ravers like the it's amazing when you look out there that's what i was kind of saying with the black holes and obama and uh you know koala bears and everything it's like just look at it and be like wow i'm here now and i've asked to be here and where this kind of goes i think depends on where we're tuned to and how we tune isn't with our heads, although that's kind of what tells us what's going going on. In a sense, like we said earlier, the thing driving the canoe in the multiverse, it seems, is the heart. So we have to just resonate where we want to be, and it won't, and have, like Bashar says, have no expectations. So it's not like if I'm like, oh, well, if there's people who are transhumanists, that means I'm in the wrong universe. It's like, no, you're exactly where you need to be, but it's like, how are you resonating? That's your responsibility. You have, you know, your responsibility is yourself, And that's what personal work is, shadow work and all that stuff. We're in a collective shadow work phase right now. I mean, earlier, Alex, you were saying like, um, you know, you're helping people who like you uh, basically have it all together on the world standards, but they're like kind of falling apart, you know, in shamanistic groups or whatever. It's like, that's why we've been doing this. I mean, I haven't been doing it for that long, but that's why there's, there's a few decades worth of soldiers ready to basically help people win a spiritual war. In a sense, like, like I'm not, I'm not done. I don't imagine, but it's like dark nights of the soul, psychedelic journeys, all this kind of shadow work, all this, all this stuff that's preparing us individually to be able to help people as they en mass start shifting into this insane dark night of the soul collectively. And that's kind of where we are. And I think it actually starts improving astrologically that it's not over, but it's like, this is this, you know, people are choosing their Teams, if you want to put it that way, and then they walk forward in those ways. And I just hope I'm not, you know, getting hauled off to like a modern Auschwitz because I didn't take a fucking chip or whatever. That's, you know, obviously, no one wants that. So, but it's happened in history before, and history tends to repeat itself. So we have to just be using wisdom and compassion coming from the heart, and the and the knowledge and the basically the wisdom of the heart is what leads us forward, no matter what. Are we being conscious or unconscious of that? If we're living from the heart in an unconscious way, we might not give a shit if people would consider that our enemies are, you know, prison imprisoned or whatever treated poorly. But if we're coming from a place of conscious heart saying they are me in another form, I asked to be here. They asked to be here. We're playing this crazy dance. I should have no expectations. Like this is a jam session and we're all improvising based off of a lot of things, karma and genetics and, you know, hopes and fears and all sorts of stuff um, that we can sit back and look back at the painting and say, wow. And then hopefully forge through as our characters, uh in the dream better hopefully
0: yeah i think that's um very well said very well said um and i you know i would like to add to that that also you know you dream your dream and when you bring consciousness into the heart and i think you know we're here on planet earth so there is a sense of reverence at least i feel we need to have to mother earth per se right so to make it very practical i think when you're in that space maybe like you mentioned at the beginning dim why the f do you want to go to mars and with all the work that is implied all the technology and all uh, when actually we're children of the earth at least for now right so i think that would be a world that is maybe slower, maybe more in balance on the technology rather than this constant race for what, (laughs) you know, And, and be, yeah, a bit more in harmony as well, rather than chasing something that is beyond us at this point.
2: I guess shareholders are why people want to go to Mars. I mean, curiosity too. People you know, want to leave their tribe and they go, oh, let's go across the ocean. And now they're like, well, there's no ocean, let's go out there. So it seems logical at some level, but at some level also like movies like Aliens and shit like that, where it's like, we're taking our drama with us and until we do a better job of cleaning up our own shit, like it's really irresponsible to just expand our boundary, I feel. Um, but I don't know if there's ever a perfect state. Like, we're never going to just get to this place. We're like, all right, now we're perfectly mature. Now let's go explore space. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's tricky. It's riding a bike is falling gracefully from one side to the other. I think we're kind of doing that. And we're entering a new phase, a new Aeon potentially, uh, Age of Aquarius kind of thing. So it's like we just – the bottom line I think is know yourself and how you know yourself is through internal gnosis, like going in. Um, stilling the mind, opening the heart, right, and then find the people you want to be participating with. Try to be accepting of all the animals on the ark of Noah or whatever. Like life is very diverse, so you know a whale is not an owl, so they shouldn't act the same. Just like you know a capitalist is not an anarchist; they're not going to act the same. Uh, we should be, you know, finding the people we most resonate with, and then just trying to plot through this dream the best we can. I mean, that's all we can do. Otherwise, it's going to seem like a whole lot more hellish and uh, scary if we don't do it like
0: that. Beautifully put. Yes, totally. You, Raphael?
1: I think the way you expressed it is proper. It's all about this reorientation, reorientation. These are things, in a sense, in my view, of course, We all have chosen, we all, to varying degrees, have been prepared for, and we do not present ourselves with any challenge which we are not ultimately able to face. If we are willing to, in that moment, depends. However, usually resisting those ideas only results in more pain and suffering. Uh, Therefore, as always, uh, facing your fears and, in a sense, remagnetizing yourself. And as I said initially, having the proper authority. And that is nothing outside. That is ultimately also nothing mental. Um, in my experience, and I, it seems you agree, it is this idea of excitement, it is joy ultimately, and it is so easy, that we may easily miss it within a two plus hour uh, conversation, even though we're talking about it. And this, again, really is a realm that's in a sense beyond logic. And it's also great because then all you need there is a simple intuition or a simple decision. And then the mental concepts, they are just the form that a decision that's taken by the heart can take. So that's the way I see it. That's the way I've been rolling with it. That's why, um, at least for me, it's been pretty easy to orient also in these times.
2: Disney's Cinderella comes to mind, a dream is a wish your heart makes. So it's like, y'all, yeah, let's just dream better. Like, what is your heart wishing for? Uh don't overthink it. Uh don't be naive. You know, like we're saying, balance it with wisdom, but also you've got to follow your heart. Because like kind of like in Braveheart, he's like it might make a lot of sense not to fight because your ego is saying you're going to get your limbs chopped off and die and not leave this battlefield but you know when you're an old man lying in bed wouldn't you rather trade all these days just to like go with what your passion was and what you thought was true with your heart and even if it cost your life right so uh i hope people feel um you know emboldened to follow their dream from their heart and if we do that like you just have to accept the consequences and know you did your best that's all we can do
0: yeah, and you know, I call my company breeding heart and not many people see it or feel it, but for me it's really to remember that our heart is is breathing, is alive, and you know you're happy and, <laughs> and joyful when you feel your heart alive. And even if you feeling sadness sometimes it's and I say sadness, I don't say pain. I, I choose the words, it's you're still alive, right? I think the problem is as human and that's when we become machine is when you don't feel anything anymore, then, then you, something is, you know, then you're not human, you become a machine. But as long as your heart is alive with crying and laughing and enjoy and dancing and singing and anger, then you're alive. And, and then, you know, you, you can, well, keep it if you like it or change your circumstances to make it, more joyful if that's what you're after
2: that's what's up so are there any kind of parting thoughts uh we'll have to get you back on alex um but in terms of today's episode are there any kind of parting thoughts or any projects you're working on that you want to tell people about
0: well i really want to share and spread the message more of going into the heart and um and leave from the heart, you know, just whatever you're doing, whether you're thinking of a relationship, whether you're thinking of your own relationship with your body, whether you're thinking your relationship with nature, I think it's very easy to stop and ask yourself, what is my heart saying? And it's a very, for me, it's been a very useful, practical tool to follow. And I see it in children, it works really well, because generally, you know, if um, if their heart is open, they're going to do something and, and be talkative about it and smile about it. And if it's something they don't enjoy, then the heart, it's, it's not there. And even when they cry, you know, that, there's some joy in it. There is some, we had this experience of losing a kitten, and Even though we were crying when, you know, we were doing the rituals and there was joy that the heart was open. So I think this is where the human can be very special and we shouldn't just give up on having this experience.
2: (laughs) I'm with you on that. Being human, it's hard, but it's a privilege and we asked for it and it's a real unique position to be in, in this cosmos. So we should value it and value (laughs) Uh, you know everybody else's experience as much as we value ours so thank you so much for coming on today Alex it's been a pleasure as always I hope that you have a good holiday season um, buckle up for this uh, solstice um, but I think you'll be fine <laughs> I mean we're all going through it so here comes you know here it comes so uh, Rafael, any parting
1: thoughts well, thank you Alex always great having you on and uh... Yeah, to me, talking about all of these things, as I tried to explain numerous times already, these are really things that can be talked about as we are doing, but it's something you have to experience and something everyone knows. So just either of you said it, dancing, laughing, singing, whatever makes your heart sing or crying. Yeah. And that's when you're on the right path. That's also completely in line with the also mental concepts of Bashar because excitement can be. The driving engine and the organizing principle of your own life. And then you are within this frequency bandwidth of love, of unity consciousness, of connectedness, of synchronicity. And then things may flow much, much easier than if one tries to plan and dissect and so on and so forth. Even though that's the great fun that the mind has and it's amazing, it's just good to, uh, again to remember the proper order and uh, to remind oneself of the. Let's say, ultimate authority of the heart.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And lots of love, everybody.
1: Take it easy. Thanks, everyone, for joining and for listening. Enjoy yourselves.